We just turned left onto 380 West. We are now walking south towards 700 North. This street is short and the episode is long, so feel free to walk around the cul-de-sac or meander along the adjacent streets if you would rather keep your legs moving than standing at the corner. The next episode will begin at the intersection of 380 West and 700 North. The homes on this street were built in 1943. Coincidentally, I learned that my friend's mom grew up in a nearby house. I had the opportunity to briefly discuss this street with her. She pointed to many of the houses and told me what family lived in which house, who their kids were, what kinds of activities they did, who was popular, and who was friends with whom as teenagers. Fast forward to the end of 2023. There are some families, but most of these homes are subdivided to accommodate student renters, young professionals, and short-term vacation rentals. Dr. Andrea Kinghorn Busby, professor of BYU Social Development course, used the term child desert. Similarly to a childcare desert or a food desert, where childcare and food sources are scarce, urban areas can sometimes become scarcely filled with children. In part, this could be due to declining birth rates or economic shifts in the area. Due to its location, these homes have become significantly more expensive than they used to be, and maybe families are finding them not worth the cost compared to the outer suburbs where homes are less walkable but newer and larger for a similar price. Truly, further research is needed to fully understand the migration of families and children. One research read, Families with young children often prefer to live in detached houses located in outer suburban neighborhoods because of their relative affordability and provision of back and front yards. Low-density suburban developments are also usually associated with desirable features such as good schools and low crime. However, living out in the suburbs often translates to less walkability and more time spent in cars and indoors, less time exploring and interacting with people in their environment. These complex and sometimes conflicting pathways highlight the need to tease out the mechanisms in which housing density plays a more direct and indirect role in child health and development. Just a few things to consider when analyzing neighborhoods and homes are fences, mailboxes, garages, basketball hoops, flow of traffic, and sinks, and that's just a few. I lived in two suburban neighborhoods growing up. One where everyone knew each other, and the other where people didn't even really see each other. In the first neighborhood I lived in, none of my neighbors had fences. That means when my back door or side neighbors were outside playing, I saw the kids outside and went out to play with them too. Our kitchen sink faced the outdoors, so my parents casually supervised my siblings and I and other neighborhood children. Their parents and other neighborhood adults were also casually monitoring us. We knew what yards were okay and what yards were too far, we knew which homeowners liked children playing in their yard and which ones didn't. Unfortunately, fences, for the trade-off of privacy, significantly limit casual children's outdoor socialization. With tall, opaque fences, kids are unable to tell when other neighborhood kids are outside and often rely on their parents to formally set up times to play. This reduces independence for children and likely also reduces frequency and duration of playtime particularly because then the parents have to trust the other parents to supervise their child. And that type of adult relationship can take longer to build. Also, the kitchen and sink orientation in a home can be crucial for adult supervision. In more recent years, homes were built with sinks often facing the living room so that parents can supervise their child's screen time while preparing or cleaning meals. That is in stark contrast to older homes, which usually have sinks facing outdoors where children used to be. 
that trend may be changing now, but it is something to pay attention to. In the neighborhood with more of a sense of community, people had basketball hoops in their front driveways. There were cul-de-sacs. These spaces provided opportunities for children to play within appropriate adult supervision. That same neighborhood also provided buses for students to get to and from school. For the younger children, parents would walk their child to the bus stop and casually chat until the bus came to pick them up. The kids at my bus stop even invented a croquet club where they would play croquet while waiting for the bus, providing yet again another physical location and space for more community and childhood socialization with nearby adult supervision. Other important things to pay attention to are garages and mailboxes. If you live in a neighborhood with attached garages, sometimes people will get in their car, go on their errands, and then go back into their garage and close the door before they go inside their house, being entirely unseen by others except for perhaps a glimpse of them driving away in their car. They might even have a mailbox that is located directly next to the front door, allowing them to slip their arm out without even going outside to get the mail. These neighbors are practically ghosts, and the only way to know that they are alive is that their trash cans still go out and their lights are on at night. Mailboxes that are either shared or at the end of one's driveway are not only easier for postal workers to access, but also become a community building opportunity because people see each other when they go outside. With an attached garage, sometimes it's good to go through your front door, or at least being willing to let your neighbors see the inside of your garage from time to time while getting in and out of your car, or maybe working on a project. And of course, biking and walking is even better for community building. It's sometimes easier to be a ghostly neighbor that doesn't seek contact, but these are not the neighbors that are looking out for children because children need community. Children need spaces to play with each other and children need caring and responsible adults. Before beginning the walk behind the rec center, please discuss with your group the following. What was socialization like with your neighbors growing up, particularly other neighborhood children? Did the built environment support regular community building? Why or why not? 